Hello, I'm Andrew Rivera with Comics First. I'm here with Anthony Desiato. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, Anthony, you are the the main staple of the podcast, My Comic Shop History, uh, which you are spinning into a film called My Comic Shop Country. And you want to just give us a quick synopsis of that? Sure. So the podcast is currently in its third season. It was born out of the closing of my local comic shop, Alternate Realities. Uh, so the first season was about the closing. And in the current season, uh, I have been traveling to comic book stores across America. And uh, as you were just getting at, the, the next step is to turn that into a documentary film. So a new documentary movie called My Comic Shop Country that will explore the business, culture, and fandom of comic book stores around the country. Well, then let's get let's get to it. So I was super interested in this project, primarily because I feel like comic book shops are really, if you're a comic fan, where you grow up a little bit, you know? And it's always nice to see people spotlight them in the digital age, I feel like. First and foremost, when you're putting together this Kickstarter, what makes you the authority? You know, what, what, what's going to make you stand out or what do you feel makes you stand out to people? Sure. I mean, I certainly wouldn't call myself the authority, but I mean, I'm someone I, you know, I have had experience on both sides of the counter. I worked at my local comic shop for many years. So I've kind of had that perspective of, of being on both sides. And, you know, now through, you know, the documentaries that I've already done and the podcast, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of retailers. So I feel like, you know, I've been getting a, a good sense from them about the, the challenges that they're facing and the ways in which they are able to respond to them. At the same time, I think the fact that I don't own a store myself might actually help me because I can have a little bit of a detachment and really be able to present both sides of this in a way that would be engaging to, yes, people who have stores, but also people who, you know, who are fans and they just go to their local comic shop every week. There's a lot they don't know. And so I think I can kind of service that. And when you talk about your experience, not only just the podcast and speaking with these people, but you were, you had mentioned that I think it was for over 10 years, right? You had either worked or were a part of, and it was alternate realities, correct? Yeah. The, the late alternate realities in Scarsdale, New York. The late and great. Yeah. I worked there throughout, well, I was shopping there in elementary school and then I started working there in high school and I kept working there throughout college and a little bit of law school as well. So yeah, I mean, all told it was about 10 years working there. Wow. 10 years working at a comic book shop. What's the craziest thing you saw at a comic book shop? <laughs> you know what's really funny? So there have been a number of instances where I've asked retailers in the podcast, like any you know crazy memorable stories that stand out to you, and they never have anything. You've got something. You sound like you've got something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe everything kind of blurs together. I mean, there are certainly characters who stand out and for us at alternate realities and he was featured in the first documentary that i did there was this guy named jeff who worked at the local tgi fridays but he claimed that he was part of this swat team and he would go on undercover undercover drug busts and and raids and uh people around him were always getting killed like it was it was crazy the stuff that he would come in with so he was always a, you know a character who stood out to us for sure i think we all need a little bit of jeff in our heart yeah, I, right? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I kind of wanted to just go into this a, a little bit more. And I just wanted to ask you, I hope it's not too much of a broad question, but we're going to go back into a little bit about, you know, not your experience and things like that. But why in this day and age do you think that comic book shops are worth saving? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think that's too broad a question. I think that's that's really an important question. I mean, people always ask, 
me like you know why like why this project why comic shops and i mean i think that question and the one that you just asked kind of go together because i think it it comes down to community i mean that's why i made the movie about alternate realities and that's i think the driving theme of these projects and what i'm hearing from retailers i I said before that you know we got into the challenges that retailers face and digital's a little bit of a challenge i think they face a much bigger challenge uh, in the form of amazon people being able to order trade paperbacks online and so it's sort of like why like why would people still go to a comic shop why would i still find this you know a worthwhile subject and i think it's it's community it's those connections that you're able to forge within the walls of a store where everybody is coming in and sharing that passion and a few retailers have said this and i'm thinking back to my own experience and it's very true in a lot of cases this might be the only opportunity that somebody has in a week to share their passion with somebody you know they have more opportunities now thanks you know to message boards and social media and all that but to really have those face to face conversations they might not get there that get that anywhere else And I've been that person. Like I remember when I first started working at Alternate Realities in high school, there was one day in particular where I chewed the owner's ear off all day. (laughs) (laughs) Like basically anything that I had ever wanted to talk about with respect to comics, it was like, this was my chance. And he was was very gracious and patient and everything. But it's like, I've been that person. I've interacted with people who, who are in that situation. And it's a powerful thing. I mean, that's, I had such a defining experience at my store and I know other people have similar experiences, but I mean, yeah, it's one word. It's really that community. I, I always go back to this episode of The Office where Michael Scott kind of starts his own uh, his own paper business. And just the idea of like, while we're suffering, you know, people think the reason why we thrive while other people, uh, we can compete against these big businesses is that customer service, you know, that kind of lost art of looking at somebody in the eye and helping them to get what they need out of why ever they come to see you. And I think on your Greensboro, North Carolina episode, it was a great interview because you talked to the uh, to the manager. I forget his name. Yeah, Jermaine. Jermaine, yeah. You talked to Jermaine, and he's talking about how he started changing his approach when somebody first walks in. You know, maybe he doesn't ask them if he can help them with something. You know, he kind of tries to notice what they're talking about or things like that, you know. And I think that attention to detail is really, like what's great about comic book shops and just that kind of sense of community. You know, you get your regulars when, uh, when Jermaine was talking about how there is that mythical new customer, you know, that you're trying to get, it's really a community of people that you're kind of seeing often, you know, and they're, they're always coming back in. So I think that's, I think that's such a great answer. So thank you for that. And so speaking on this like thing of competing with these, you know, with Amazon or, you know, just the digital age, how do you approach the comic book shop owners with these questions um, about their stores without kind of spooking them a little bit. You know, I feel like it's kind of a touchy subject. You know, you, sometimes <laughs> it's like, hey, this is the reason why a lot of people around you are falling. And does it like, it's kind of like the boogeyman. So how do, how do you do that? Do you, is there kind of a process behind it? Do you find that they're mostly friendly about it or they're kind of just taking it as it is? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think it, it's tough too because a lot of these places, you know, in some cases, I have already developed relationships a little bit with them, or, or some in some cases, I, I know the retailers ahead of time. But in a lot of these cases, I, I am going in cold. So, and you know, I don't know to what extent they're listening to previous episodes. Like Jermaine, in particular, he's been listening since season one, so I, I know he knows the deal and he knows what what it's about. But others, maybe not as much so. Even though they're 
effectively interviews. I, I try to make them as conversational as possible. And I think they get the sense that, you know, my ultimate aim with this is for it to be a celebration of comic shops. I think it's important to address the challenges, but ultimately it's not to be a, you know, a doom and gloom approach. So I think coming at it from the perspective of like, we're going to have a conversation. It's a celebration of stores. And it's like, we want to address the challenges, but not in a way to just say like, these are the challenges and that's it. But it's like, how are you responding to them? And I think giving them that opportunity, you know, kind of helps and facilitates that. And I mean, I have to say really across the board, retailers, you know, not being forthcoming, that's really not been an issue (laughs) that I've had Uh, for the most part. I mean, they've seemed, uh, you know, real eager to discuss their process and, uh, and how they go about their business. Yeah. And I, I was especially wondering that because, you know, you did work at this comic shop. It always sucks when a local comic shop closes down, you know, and it kind of leaves like this. I don't know. There's a place uh, that used to be by me called Cosmic Comics on 23rd Street. And it just one, one day it's there, the next day it's not. And so I think that a lot of people were going through that. But moving moving on from that, but kind of keeping in, in the same vein of comics being popular or unpopular, however however we get them, one of the big booms in comics uh, in the industry are these comic book films, you know, particularly superhero films. But we're seeing a little bit more of these other properties get some love, like Preacher. The Walking Dead is, of course, killing it on television. Uh, you got Archie getting some love on, on Riverdale. Have you noticed in your in all of your experience what's the primary difference you've noticed in the consumption of comic books or in you know the culture of a comic book shop after that boom? It's interesting because you know there have been a couple of stores that have said they saw an influx of people after one of the superhero movies. Like one example that immediately comes to mind, I was at a store in Palm Desert, California, and the owner said that after Doctor Strange. A lot of a lot of people came in asking for for Doctor Strange comics, but it seems like, for the most part, the movies and the TV adaptations are not really moving the needle all that much, or as much as you might hope or expect. So that that's been interesting, and that's something that I mean, I saw at alternate realities. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, the store's been closed a few years, but I mean, these superhero movies have been going on for a while, and it wasn't like we got a flood of people. And it was always a little disheartening because you would kind of hope that would be the case. And, and I don't know what would necessarily make a difference. I mean, advertising the comics, you know, before the movie on the big screen. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. So it doesn't seem like that's had such a huge effect. I mean, as far as how people are consuming, uh, I mean, I don't think this is any like revelatory observation, but, you know, trades are really big. Uh, and that might be a result of this, you know, binge consumption uh, society that we're in where people are more apt to pick up a trade collecting a whole story and not you know do the delayed gratification bit of waiting each month for a new issue so that's certainly something but yeah the adaptations it's it's a weird thing yeah I actually think that uh, I watch a like a, a YouTube uh, series uh, basically that they talk about movies and stuff like that and one of the things they always mention is like, you know, for all the talk of like, it's supposed to be like the comic book, it's supposed to be like this, the movie industry is worried about, they're not worried about the guys that are reading the comics. You know, I think that's one of the ways that comic book fans get taken advantage of, actually, is that they know we want to see it, you know, and we've been waiting to see these things. But they're really concerned about the people who aren't at the comic book shop. You know, like, they're, we're, a, we're the minority in the consumers of that industry uh and where do you fall on the line of that do you think those are fake fans or do you are you just kind of the guy that's like 
I like people appreciating comic culture in any way they can kind of get it. Oh, yeah, the latter. No, I, like, yeah, I, I certainly I don't harbor any ill will towards people who, you know, just watch the movies or the TV shows. It's like, enjoy it however you like to enjoy it. And that's actually something I think it was in that episode with Jermaine where we were talking about, you know, this question of are people getting their fix from the movies and TV shows and they don't like they're satisfied with that and they don't need the comics or, you know, or can comics become part of like that overall entertainment package? So, you know, they can watch the movie and play the video game and read the comic. And, you know, I don't know. But as far as how people experience it, it's like, no, I mean, you know, do do your thing right on. But Anthony, Wolverine isn't six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, in uh, like going back to your point about, you know, servicing the comic book audience, it's it is kind of weird because I feel like we the comic book fans were uh were necessary for these movies, but not sufficient, right? So, like, you need that core base for that initial interest, but you need more people beyond just the comic book readers. So it becomes this balance that I guess they have to strike. And as we all know, comic book fans are very, very passionate about uh, seeing their material brought to life and brought to life in a specific way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering then... <laughs> I don't. I don't want to bring the doom and gloom back, but that's. Uh, it's kind of just an interesting thing. Uh, you're going. You know, like like I said, you're going to these places. You're interviewing all these people, and we're talking about how people are consuming comics, whether it's through television, whether it's through digital, whether it's through trades, whether they're you know just the the weekly soldiers. I guess. What is your biggest fear for comic culture? Oh, that's a big question. Um. As I guess, as like as you're speaking to these people, as somebody who's been in the industry, and and somebody who who's just a fan of comics in general, is there something we should fear, or is it? Are you going to give me the Superman? It's it's all hopeful and wonderful. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I get you know, it's always a balance. Like going back to what I was saying before about community. I mean, I think you're seeing a lot of stores really engage in a lot of proactive community building. So you're seeing things like book clubs or teen nights or, you know, in-store signings or things like that. And I think that is and can be a really key way to keep people coming into stores. I guess what I wonder, and I mean, I've asked some of the retailers this, but like to what extent are those events and community building efforts directly translating to sales? Because if they're not then it's, it's like this nice thing that you're doing and it's promoting a culture within your store that, that you want to have, but is it necessarily moving the business forward? So I guess like that's maybe one thing that I've been wondering as I've been going to stores and like hearing about all these amazing things that they're doing. And I do think they're great and worthwhile, but yeah, it's like that. It's taking that step of going from, you know, these events to, um, you know, really translating it into growth for the business. And I don't know that I'd say it's a fear, but it's definitely a question I have. And I, I hope that that translation is happening. Yeah, of course. So as we're talking about, you know, you make putting this film together and having traveled, what's the hardest part? Uh, you've made two films. What's the hardest part about making a uh, uh, making films is it specific to the film does each film carry its own difficulties or are there general things that are just like man i i don't have enough footage or things like that what is the hardest part about making one of these films yeah so you know i've done uh two documentaries that are comic shop centric and then i did a third one that's about an aspiring puppeteer and yeah i mean they, they all kind of have their own challenges. Uh, not having enough footage is, is usually not a problem. It's, it's usually more the opposite. I feel like if there's one thing throughout, it's 
you know, really boiling each project down to its essence and making sure that everything kind of goes towards towards that narrative that you're trying to tell. And, you know, sometimes you have great material that might not exactly fit and, you know, it can be tough to make cuts. But I think really just getting at what what the heart of it is and really just staying focused on that because it's it's easy to get uh, maybe a little bit lost or a little bit intimidated when when you have so much to work with. You know, so I, I think that's that's probably, you know, the main challenge. What's the one thing you want viewers to walk away with after they finish watching My Comic Shop Country? You know, I, I've been I've been describing the three pillars of the movie as like the business, culture, and fandom. So like those are definitely the three things that I'll be exploring in it. As far as the one thing I want people to come away with, you know, ultimately this is a celebration of this beloved retail institution. And, you know, I, I, I guess I just want people to know what's out there, what people are doing. And like I said, I had a really formative unique, well, I mean, not so unique, but a, a special experience at my store. And if I can capture a little bit of that in these other stores that I'm going to and convey to people why comic shops are worthwhile, whether you are a comic book fan and maybe you order your trades on Amazon and this gets you to think about going into your local comic shop, or you have no interest in comics necessarily, uh, and you're watching this because you think it's an interesting human interest story, which I think it will be. And then maybe, maybe you think about going into a comic store. Maybe it's just something that you're now aware of and your perception of it has moved beyond what you see on a comic book man or a big bang theory and you can get a little bit more of the reality of it that's ultimately it i i want to share this institution with people yeah and one of the things that i really get from listening to my comic shop history or podcast is you really get to the the heart of the the shopkeeps and you get to the the human behind the counter you know like it's it is a business and there is this industry, but it's, it is nice to hear these people talk about, you know, what they do in their shops, how they keep things up, the obstacles that they work against, or, you know, the victories they celebrate. That, I think that's a, a really great job that you're doing. And uh, it was one of the reasons why I was so interested in this project is that it just, you know, I think the closer we can get to humanizing anybody, it would just be so wonderful, you know, because then you you have way more of a vested interest than ordering it online. Then maybe you say, oh, I'd love to go to that shop. Let me check them out and support them. So kudos to you for that. You're doing God's work. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I mean, it's funny. There was uh, one of the listeners from one of the episodes, the Zap Comics episode. He uh, shared on Twitter that after listening to the episode, he went to the store to, to Zap for the first time to look for some back. And like something like that is awesome. I mean, that's, you know, ultimately the idea isn't for this to just be commercials for the stores, but it's like, if listening to that gets someone excited about going to one of these stores, it's like, that's great. And I feel like, you know, these are, you know, there's so many aspects of the comic book industry. And I feel like what gets the most attention is probably the creative side. And it's like, I get it. Like, it's exciting to talk to a writer about what they're working on. Like, I understand that. But I just feel like comic shops really do play such a vital role and often get overlooked. And so if we can shine a light on that, uh, yeah, I'd be very proud to do that. That's, that's great, man. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun here, all right? <laughs> sure. What was the first comic you purchased? The Death of Superman, 1992. <laughs> How old were you? I was five. My parents got it for me. We were at the Jeez, Galleria the Mall. The Death of Superman? <laughs> The death of Superman. Yeah, I was. I was one of the. But I. I was truly into it for the story. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't speculating. You I, read it for the articles. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's amazing. Do you remember? Was there any specific panel or any moment that was like, "Holy crap! This is what I want to keep reading." Oh man! I mean, 
I, I mean, there are probably things during the story, but that final image of him sprawled out dead. I mean, that was just so striking, especially as a young child. Yeah. You're like, that can happen. <laughs> you know, this was the day that a Superman died. It's like it hits you. Yeah, absolutely. What are your top five favorite comics? Or that you can think of right now? I know that that's like a, a very like, that's a question that can go on for a while. But yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, it, it's I've thought about this before. And I'm actually looking at my uh, library of graphic novels. Let's so I go. think I can, I can bang this out. Okay. Uh, Why the Last Man? Probably my all time favorite series. All right. Uh, Gotham Central is up there. Huge. Uh, Starman, James Robinson, Starman. I uh, really love that. Uh, let's see. Oh, DC, the new frontier for sure. Yeah. Uh, wait, that's already four. Yeah. Right? You got one more uh, <laughs> and one for good luck. We'll do six. We'll do. Everybody does five. Let's do six. All right. Let me see. We're going to try to narrow this down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a, <laughs> the first four are easy. Yeah, I know. Now it's like the pressure's coming on. It's like, you know, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to leave anything out. Those have been like specific limited stories for the most part. I'm going to pick a, a run, the Jeff Johns run on Flash, the Wally run, one of my favorites. Oh, let's see. One more. Uh, you know, I'm going to go, uh, oh, Superman's Secret Identity. Okay. All right. Sweet. That's a, that's a solid list. Nobody's going to sneeze at that one. Nobody's going to sneeze at that one. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. um, what is your most prized comic possession? You know, I mean, I still have that original Death of Superman. And oh, just wow. for sentimental value, uh, it, it has to be that. That's I mean, that big. was what got all of this started. Although, I guess what would go with that is the, not a comic book, but the Kenner Superpowers uh, Superman action figure, which was the first Superman collectible that I had. Even before I, I got the comic book, I had this action figure. And I think that was actually why I was drawn to the, to the comic book, because I knew, I knew the character from this toy that I had. And I tracked down a mint and package version on eBay a few years ago. So I have that. So that one means a lot. That that's like the fact that you could track stuff down now is amazing. You know, like I just I love that idea of like, oh, I I this meant a lot to me before. Now I can kind of go back and get it. It's wonderful. I've gotten so many video games that I used to play as a kid that I could never beat uh, through Amazon. It's fun, you know, video. Like I'm not a huge gamer, but I just was able to track down one of the classic uh, Super Nintendos that just came out, and I'm so excited to to revisit that stuff. Yeah, it's great. So. Then if you had to give somebody one comic book to open up their entire world to comics, what would it be? You know, it's it's funny you ask that because that actually ties into, you know, something that I've been talking to retailers about with, the, you know, the art of the personal recommendation. And one thing that I've been hearing from retailers, it's like, yeah, like they have some of their evergreen books that they can always go to, but that it's much more about really making those personal recommendations, like asking someone like what kind of stuff do they like to watch on TV, for example. So, you know, if someone's like a big law and order fan or something, like I probably would recommend, I mean, I'd recommend Gotham Central to anybody because it's just so good. But like something like that in particular, it's like, oh, you like police procedurals and you're interested in getting into comics. It's like, well, this is perfect. This is a police procedural set in the Batman universe. So yeah, I mean, I guess any of the things that I, I listed as my top five or six, I mean, I would recommend that. But it, yeah, I really feel like it's more about getting at what the like what types of stories the, the person is into. Is there what's the most surprising like anecdote or or story somebody's told you during an interview? Anything that stood out with it was just like, oh, I did not expect that at all. Oh man, it's so, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot the way I put these retailers on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, man. I, there's a lot to live up to there. Going back, I mentioned Zap Comics before, and 
not so much an anecdote, but getting a sense from the owner, Ben, about the extent of their back issue buying. Because like, if I don't know if you're familiar with their store, but like if you go on their website, it's like, we buy comics, we buy comics. Yeah, and yeah I, I listened to the, to the episode. Okay, cool. And so like he's going out dropping tens of thousands of dollars on these collections. Stunting. On a fairly, yeah, like on a fairly regular basis. And so that, that was surprising to me because a, a lot of stores are not in the position where they're even able to do that. Exactly. That was definitely very striking. Awesome. And finally, if you could live in any comic universe, what would it be and how would you be involved? Well, I mean, I'm a big super, I mean, but universe, we, like, we could go in a number of directions, but I will, I will take it in this direction. I'll say as a Superman fan and as a Smallville fan, if I could spend some time on the farm, I, I'd be in my glory. So uh, I, I guess that's, that's where I would go. That is so much deeper uh, than <laughs> me saying I obviously would be Spider-Man in the Marvel universe. That is, <laughs> that's really not like, that's, there's something that's almost like very romantic <laughs> of you. <laughs> Yeah, like I want to go bail. I want to bail some hay. Like I just, yeah, we'll pop, <laughs> I just we'll, hang we'll out on pop the farm. <laughs> yeah, some apple pie. Like it'd be great. That's amazing. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the interview, man. Uh, I had a great time. Thank you for thank you for joining us. Awesome. Thank you for having me. <laughs>